Good afternoon. You are listening to the Recovery Hour Talk Radio Show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the CAT 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. show once again it's bill and tanisha and we're bringing you the recovery hour and today we truly have a treat for you i know i say it every time but i ain't lied to you yet and there's a lot of people that say i'm an expert at lying so take the truth and run with it tanisha say hi to all the people out there in radio land hello everyone out in radio land and facebook world all across the airwaves i just want to say that i i am I'm thankful and grateful to be back before you all again. I'm glad and excited about our show being broadcasted on Facebook Live today and excited about our guests. Yes. So with that being said, I would be remiss if we went off to the cosmos without shouting out to some of our sponsors. I'd like to shout out to the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disability for supporting our Addiction Recovery Support Center and putting the batteries in our back and putting some paper in our pocket so that we're able to bring these messages and these recovery processes to each and every one of you. Also, I'd like to shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative designed to reduce the number of people in jail, but has been adopted here in Rockdale County at the behest of our fearless leader, the tip of the sphere, Commissioner Doreen Williams, because without her, even though she's the quiet voice of reason, you wouldn't be hearing these loud voices that you're hearing right now. And if it ain't loud enough, I'll either talk louder or you can turn that thing up till the knob pops off. Anyway, with that being said, today we do have a real treat. You you know, you guys hear the word social influencer, you hear the word CEO, you hear the word women of power, women of destiny, all those type of things. And, and I even, uh, who was it? Alicia Keys was talking about women on fire, all that kind of stuff. Man, we got the CEO of On Fire with us today. We've got, we got Janie Harris. And Janie, could you say hi to the people out there in Radio Land and tell them your name and tell them why you showed up today? Just tell them that. We got some more questions we're going to ask you. Hello, everybody. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Sir Bill, for the opportunity. And I showed up today because there are some people that need to be impacted by the things that I have been able to accomplish and achieve in my lifetime. Yes, absolutely. So there are multiple gifts wrapped up in this show today. And, and you know, not only do you, are we bringing you recovery on, on fire and recovery on fire in, in Duncan land, we're, but we're bringing you three people that, that man, monumental changes happened in our lives. And today we have an opportunity to distribute that to other people so they can see it, feel it, hear it, taste it. <laughs> and say, whoa, that is hot. That is on fire, right? Today we have three individuals who are today CEOs. And, and I don't know what kind of EOs you were, but I was a zero, right? And, and, and today I'm a CEO and that may not be special to a lot of people, but it is great for me. So uh, with that being said, we, we have Tanisha, obviously, who, who is my co-host, partner in recovery, no longer in crime, right? And, and we got Janie with us. And each one of us has an organization 
that is designed to support our communities and to bring the voices and the faces and, and the feeling of recovery to our communities and to the world at large. And, and I mean the world at large, because this, this not only is on Facebook, but this is going out across the nation on the His Hop Network. And we even got listeners in Germany. And I bet you the German dudes are lit today, especially if they're on Facebook. But anyway, with that being said, Jamie, I want to ask you a question. I guess my first question is, when you were a little girl, I want to go back in time. When, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. So you wanted to be a teacher and... Tanisha, and for all of y'all, because some of y'all may be new, y'all may not have heard this before. Tanisha, when you was a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, when I was younger, I had set my mind on becoming the first female football player in the NFL. And guess what? She did it too. Yeah. Take, take it take it from me, because she thinks that I am on the other team. No, for real. And And, you know, for me, the, I grew up in a place, uh, an interesting place. And when I grew up, I wanted to be James Cagney. I wanted to be a gangster. And, and today we are out to eradicate that type of belief system and that type of stigma from our children. Because when they told me that I wanted to be that, they didn't tell me all the things that were going to come with it. And, and so a lot of things have come with life as we know it. So, Janie, I want to ask you, before your recovery, before all of that, and I know we had some dark days, but what were some of the instances that propelled you toward becoming who you are today? Oh, so many things. So I became a teenage mom at the age of 15. Then from there, I joined the military, so I am a veteran. Then from there, my brother was murdered in 2008. Then from there, I went through domestic violence where I was almost killed. My life was almost taken from me. Um, and so from all of those things just transpiring in my life, those are the most impactful things or traumatic yes. things that happened to me that has, once I went through my domestic violence situation, that was when God and myself, I, you know, I love God. I have a relationship with him. Um, I truly believe in him. My relationship with him grew in a more fonder direction. And yes. that's what inspired me to become who I am today. If it wasn't for him saving my life, just because of the things that I, you know, uh, the lack of resources that I didn't have when I was coming up and the environments that I was raised in, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And so I know that it was because of him. That's how I was able to get to where I'm at. Wow. And, and that is so powerful. I, like myself, I'm a veteran as well. And I see that you you were in the military for like six years, something like that. That is correct. Yes, correct. that is correct. And I was in there for like three. And so two years of that, I was totally confused about what the hell was going on. And the last year I was in Naval Prison. So, you know, if there's, you know, and, and they say we will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. You feel me? Because we will understand how our experiences can help others, right? And, Absolutely. And so, let me ask you a question. That experience in the military, what was that like for you as a Black woman? What was that like for you? So here I am, a teenage mom. 
I was just looking for something to get me out of my current situation. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home um, on the east side of Savannah. So my family is more in, you know, the lower poverty end of the uh, communities. And so I didn't have a lot of resources. A lot of my family members, they, they, they were not role models for me. So I didn't have anything to look forward to or understand what direction I should go in for my career. And so... I just could remember I got tired. I got tired of being sick and tired of people talking down on me, bad talking me, telling me what I couldn't do. All they had in their mind was I was a teenage mom and I would not be anything more than that. So there was one particular time, I'm telling you, God was with me the whole time. My great grandmother, I talk about this in my book. She just always told me to pray, like pray about it, baby, pray about it. And I remember I was praying about it. I was like, God, you got to get me out this situation. And so when I was 18, God sent a recruiter to my home and he uh, told me they was going to give me a bonus if I enlisted. I knew nothing about the military. I was not in no type of ROTC in school. I didn't know what it entailed. So when I literally, when I was enlisted, I got on that van. They took me to Columbia, South Carolina. They told me to get off that van. I had all my jewelry on, everything, my cell phone. I was like dressed to the team, ready. Like, oh yeah, I know what was happening. I start seeing people running. They're like, drop down, soldier. Give me this. And they screaming and hollering, grown men and women crying. I'm like, well, what's going on with them? And I'm standing laughing because I'm so goofy. I'm laughing at you. Oh, you think this funny soldier, you dropped down too. And I was like, oh my God, what I got myself into? Like, can I call home? Can somebody come and rescue me? But it was, yes. you know, in the back of my mind, all I could think about was my one-year-old daughter at the time. I just knew that I had to change the trajectory of my family's generation of lack and not pursuing anything, not understanding the value of life. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to instill something different into my daughter. And I, was, I stuck it out like I didn't listen that I went through pure hell. I didn't know bullets flying across your head. You got to jump off stuff. And I'm like, man, this can't be it. I'm like, what's yes. going on? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, you know, and I want to thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I was looking at your material and, and in your material, there was something that that really that stood out for me in, in I came from a culture of hungry, right? See, I, and, and a lot of people have no idea. There are people that exist on this planet that have yeah. no idea that there yeah. are people. And I'm not talking about in Ethiopia or whatever. I'm talking about people right here up in this spot that are hungry, That's right? right. And, and a hungry mind is a dangerous developer man because guess what if your if your body's hungry then your spirit is hungry and, and, and everything else is hungry and you get ready to get some or whatever that is now the food and some people find appetite suppressing right i found some stuff that made me not hungry unfortunately it didn't make you full it just made you empty so with that being said kind of explain to me when you hear that culture of hungry what does that mean? What does those words mean to you? When I hear hungry, it was like, I don't care how many times I've been knocked down. I don't care what has not been presented in front of me. There's just a desire on the inside of me that just makes me want more. 
So hungry to me is like, I'm going after whatever it is that my heart's desire or whatever been put into my spirit by any means necessary. If that means that I'm going to get knocked down, I'm going to fail, I'm going to still get back up and try again. Because what, I mean, what can I lose? This lifetime for us is a lifetime for us to live. And what? how can you live if you don't go through things in order for you to grow? So that's just yeah. what I believe in. And that's what I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask you guys a question and I'm going to ask both of y'all this question. Being female stock callers, bosses, being CEOs, you know, for you on fire, for Tanisha, Young Atlanta Corporation. Let me ask you a question. What was it that made you want to create that? And I'm going to start with you, Tanisha. Tanisha, what was it that made you want to create Young Atlanta? Well, for me, first of all, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, period. That was just my thing. I, you know, coming from backgrounds like like we had, you know, it's like I don't I didn't want to depend on somebody else for a, for a job or to be able to make money. So, I, you know, I'm an avid believer in entrepreneurship. And then some of my my talents and my gifts were, you know, I'm a very creative person. And I have a background in marketing. So that was my thing. And I wanted to share it with other people. So other entrepreneurs who needed to learn how to brand and market their business, I wanted to be able to share my gifts with them and to be able to train people. A lot of people don't know, you know, you have all of these people who have a vision, but don't know how to get it out to the world. And so that's what I wanted to do, to be able to show other entrepreneurs how to do that. So I know that every time somebody sees one of our logos go by, <laughs> they don't have no idea how powerful that thing is, man. They, they don't know how powerful it is. There are people that, that are blessed, people that are gifted, and they don't know that they can't see it. They don't know how to actualize it. They definitely don't know how to operationalize it. They don't know how to capitalize it. And, 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 and as a result of that, a lot of people end up doing something else and, and okay. a lot of times that something else is something wrong is something stupid is something dumb is something oh shit but but and they end up doing that and that the price for that eradicates the possibility of this so for that i am so grateful and so thankful that you guys are here today it is our extreme pleasure to have such strong community partners such as Viewpoint Health to join us in our journey to recovery individuals as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and development disabilities. To connect with them, please visit their website at www. So, Jamie, I want to ask you, what was it that made you want to go on fire? Listen, what for me, it was the lack of resources in our communities for, for young adults and youth just as myself. 
Okay. Because see, when I was 15, when I was, when I 15 became pregnant, when I was 18, when I was 21 looking for a mentor, nobody could help me. I went to the churches. I went to the boys and girls clubs. I went to the big brother, big sisters, and they all had the same storyline. Oh, we can't, we have group mentoring, but we don't have anybody that can mentor you one-on-one. And the other thing was because I came from the environment or the neighborhood that I came from, ain't nobody, we, I was written off. And yes. people overlooked yes. me, they overlooked me, they counted me out. They didn't think yes. that I could become who I am today. So now it's a shocker to them, like, oh my God. Because see, the kids that they were praising in school or the kids that they thought were going to be something in our communities, guess what? Those kids are not who they thought they were going to become today. But who mm-hmm. am I today? I'm somebody, but that's because I believed in myself. And I know the people that God placed into my life along my journey, they poured into me enough to give me the confidence that I have. So it made me, I knew, listen, Tanisha, being my own boss, girl, all I knew was to go to work. Like, I just need to go to work on somebody's job, okay? Right, and the right. work was like, you always going to work on somebody's job, but that's not what I have for you. You need right. to own your own. There's something that the world needs, and the world can't get it unless you give it to them. And so when I started realizing, it was, let me tell you what changed my life. I used to work for Department of Family and Children's Services. So every time the, the families will come in there, they would love to, I to process cases. They'll love, they always ask for me, hey, can we speak to Miss Harris today? We want to talk to Miss Harris because I always, I never judged them and I always showed them that love no matter what. I didn't care about their situations. I didn't care how they look. I didn't care what they smell like. I, none of that mattered to me. What mattered to me was that I was able to give you the resources. So when I went through my domestic violence situation and I started turning my life around, it was like, it just started dawning on me. You're the one supposed to start a mentorship program. The things yes. that you couldn't get is the, you, it's you. You're the one yeah. supposed to offer the opportunity. <laughs> and I was like, what, me? How am I going to do this? I don't even know what yes. to do. I don't know where to start. Who, first of all, who am I going to call? I can't call my mama. I can't call my daddy. I can't call my sister, my brothers, them. How am I going, what, what am I going to do? And yes. that's what it did. Once I got it and God gave me that name, listen, it's something about that fire. See, that I had no clue <laughs> that you guys were called the recovery on fire. What? Y'all done blew my whole mind. And so that's what got, listen, every person that I, I, I have an encounter with, I set their soul on fire because this yes. is beyond me. The fire was set in me in order for me to set the blaze everywhere, every place that I go, every place that I touch. And so that's that's what did it for me. That's what made yes. me become the CEO. I Listen, it ain't in my bloodline. Now, I'll just tell you that. <laughs> okay. okay, but it's in my heritage, right? You know, oh, and, yeah. and for, for, for me, the reason the impetus for recovery on fire was because there, even when I was going downhill, I went downhill hard and fast. You understand? You know, the people that say, hold it, maybe I think you should hit the brakes. Well, if you jump out in front of me, Joker, talk about Hulk, ain't gonna be no brakes. We you're, you're gonna get smashed, right? Uh, anytime I did something stupid, everybody was saying, so what do you think we, man, let's stop thinking. Let's go up in there. Right. And, and yeah. so for me, when I sat in the rooms of treatment and I sat in the rooms of recovery and, and, and my soul, there was part of me that was hungry because I need to get it hard, man. I need to get it out of the dirt. I, I need to get it. It needs to be hot. It can't be lukewarm. And, and so for me, when I started the think about doing that. And when, when God gave me this understanding of what he had actually given me, man, I want to shout about it, man. I'm lit. Shout out at it. Come on, Joker. Right. And so 
I, I, that whole motivational speaking thing, man, I would get out there, man. I would start telling that buck naked truth and that thing would go crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I first started, I was speaking for this organization who shall remain nameless. And, and uh, they asked me to come and speak. When I got through, they called my supervisor and said, no, I think maybe there might be something going on with him. Maybe you need to have him checked out, right? And, and, and that very thing that, and this is supposed to be a help me, help me organization, right? That very thing that they saw, see, they're afraid of that thing, right? When they saw it in me, yeah. they called it illness. They called it sick. All my life, people said, watch out. You need to calm down. Hold up, hold up. No, I don't. I need to put this thing out there. Okay. <laughs> you the Yay. problem because you can't take it like this, right? Yeah. So, so naturally, when the on fire thing was noticed, I started getting flack about it, boy. Yes, sir. About it, about it. So anyway, let's get into on fire. I was looking at that. And, and so obviously you were talking about the mentor and me piece and in kind of the impetus for that. And, and I am so privileged to know that you have actualized that because the, the opportunity we have to influence another human being, the unparalleled therapeutic value of someone looking at someone like them and, and or someone who's like they want to be or someone who has what they need and, and, and being able to ask that person, how do I do that? Or I want to be yeah. like that. And it's a real tangible person. It's not yeah. Michael Jordan or it's not Kobe. Yeah. And this is somebody right in front of me, flesh and blood, right? That is unparalleled. So I want to thank you for that. And I know that also in, in your entity, you have community service. Can you kind of explain to me or to our listeners what that means? Absolutely. So within our organization or within the agency, community service, we offer it to the population of individuals that may be uh, on probation. They may need community service for their schools, whatever it is that whatever entity is requiring of it, we allow them an opportunity to come into our organization. They can volunteer like we have different events and workshops and things like that. We take the youth on exposure field trips. They can come and volunteer. They are able to um, actually mentor youth um, if it is an internship or like if they need community service for college or anything like that, they're actually able to mentor youth as well. So community service is basically giving back. We may do some things as like we go to a, a children's hospital and we sit there, we read books with them or I have some of our mentors who actually go to the schools and they, you know, spend time with the kids, you know, that type of thing. That's my mentoring me program. So it's really just giving back and giving those kids or those youth and young those that time and support that they won't normally get it from anywhere else because people already when you were just talking about how you just wanted to burst and you had to put it out there and they start telling you that something's wrong with you and they deem you as crazy see that's the type of people that I like to be around you right I'm crazy I'm crazy get I'm gifted and talented and so you don't know how to take that right because yes. I've been called crazy all my life you crazy you crazy I've been called crazy since I was two years old something wrong with you sit down somewhere I'll be like okay yeah but the thing is the real crazy people is y'all the one that's calling me crying really y'all you know but we ain't gonna talk about that you know but i'm yes. gonna get off subject but no, I, 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 and, and I guess <laughs> i, I want to go back and rewind the tape because there's a question i should have asked you the population you serve who do you serve because i want our listeners to be able to hear that 
Absolutely. So I serve those youth and young adults that have been incarcerated, facing incarceration, they're on probation, domestic violence, I have experienced domestic violence, teenage pregnancy, any type of grief due to loss of a loved one. Yeah, that's what I do. All of those. Yes. So I, I deal with the population that people deem they write off and be like, oh, they bad behavioral. So, you know, well, we can't deal with them and they're overlooked and counted out. That's my population. The ones that went through a bunch of traumatic experiences and they can't see their way through. Absolutely. And, and you know, this is the thing. And I, I am so grateful to have this conversation with you. I, you know, I remember being young and I know that comes quite a shocker to some people that I can remember that far back. However. I remember being young and you were talking about your experience joining the military. So I, I, man, I was wild. And by the time I was 13, I had a dope habit. I was shooting dope and shooting people and everything else. And, and, and I knew that that was a dead end. And then the, the girl that got pregnant and she was young as well. And then I said, Oh, I got to do something. And I joined the military and, and, and that, that whole part that really shocked you, the part about them shooting at us, the part about us fighting hand to hand and doing all that, man, I was about that, man. That was the best part for me, right? But it was the learning part, yeah. the, the, the documentation and the learning, yeah. that, that organized learning. I, I, I couldn't it understand that. Structure. It was a structure for me. I didn't have yeah. structure. I didn't have discipline. I didn't, you know, none of those things. So those things for me was a plus. But going out, living with Bambi, Bambi in the woods, we camping out, that ain't my thing. Like, why am I going out there in the bushes with these animals? Like, what are y'all doing? Are we jumping off stuff? Where are we going at? And we got exactly. a What's going on now? Y'all is trying to create a real G.I. Joe here. Real G.I. Joe. And you know that for me, it, when I was at that critical juncture where they had this thing and it could fight, it would do with that other thing, but they were a little afraid because this thing right here, man, this thing will bite anybody, right? And not just the other people, it'll bite the people on its team. And, yeah. and that's when I needed a mentor. That's when I needed someone like me that could have talked to me. But what they did instead was they threw me out. Yeah. And when they threw me out, boy, they unleashed this thing on the world. And it yeah. took 50 years for me to find this loving God who's the author of my life today. And the only reason Come I on. lived that long to find him is grace, right? And, but anyway, that ain't what we're talking <laughs> about today. So that financial literacy piece, because that Tanisha's big on that. That's kind of what she was talking about. She knew wow. that you got. How do I get that bread and how do I get it legal and how do I lock yeah. it in and yeah what do I do with it so that financial literacy piece kind of tell us what that means and and guess why that's so close to your heart oh, man it's so close to me because I came from nothing literally like I came from nothing everything that I'm the first generation let me tell you of my family to go to college to buy my first home at the age of 27. Like I'm the first, even to go off to the military, I'm the first to do a lot of things. So when it comes down to finances, in order for me to be in a place that I'm at today, I had to go out there and experience some things, lose some things, you know, experiencing some challenges in my finances. And it's like, well, who taught me? There, if someone could have taught me way before I reached like 25 and, you know, in my 30s about finances. And so I want to give it to these youth because, and these young adults, because if they understood how to uh, sustain money, 
if they yes. understood what it took to actually go. This is a we're, we're living in a generation right now where they think everything is given to them. They don't have to work hard for it. It's just a snap of my finger. I'm going to get it. It's like, no, you got to work hard for this. You want to have something that's everlasting. This is what it's going to take. And then not only that, our community of people, what do they spend their money on? Clothes, all materialistic stuff. Nobody okay. has taught them how to invest. Nobody okay. has taught them how to save. Nobody has taught them how to budget. But then they wonder why they are in these repeated cycles of lack. Yeah. Like, so yes. who's going to break that cycle? So that's why financial literacy for me, I have to open that door for them. Because if you don't open the door to get them to see different, they can't become different. That's right. Yes, boy, you can preach. Go ahead. So let me also ask you about intervention and prevention. What that division, what's that all about? intervention and prevention. So I was a young teenage mom, right? And so I heard you, you was like, when I was 13, I was doped up and doing all these things. Listen, me too. Like when you come from Savannah, you kind of like, if you come on one side of town now, it's like, I was in the clubs, I was drinking, I was doing everything under the sun and that a teenager should not have been exposed to. And so when we talking about prevention, I'm trying to prevent these, these young girls from getting pregnant, these young girls from getting into abusive relationships, these young women from getting into, I mean, just all type of things that are not conducive to their futures, these single moms that just have no clue on how to pick up and activate their dreams. And then you have the intervention piece. The intervention piece is that, how do you help that person that already done made the mistake? Well, I got the baby now, I'm a single mom now. I've been in through domestic violence now. So what do I do? So I got to help them pick up the pieces from where they are. I have to meet them where they are. So if that is your situation, then I have to be able to provide the tools and the resources in, in order to help you and guide you through life in order for you to come out on the other side of the rainbow. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, the funny part about it, this whole fire thing, this is crazy. <laughs> because I... Not only was I wilding in Savannah, but I found recovery in Savannah as well. So I know about Hudson Hill, Fairwood, Yum Crawl, and, and well, the road, projects. Yum Look, road. I think like y'all don't even know what the projects are. We know what the projects are, okay? Right. And, <laughs> and so when, when I know places that people were afraid to go to get the stuff that they wanted to get, they were so afraid to go there. They would let me take the money and go. So you know them jokers are scared, right? Yeah, Especially scared. talking about going down there in the crawl about three or four in the morning. Listen, Boy, you living, in the go to the living up here in Atlanta, just mentioning Savannah, they'd be like, oh, you from Seaport. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what story <laughs> you done heard. But. <laughs> you know, and so for me, one of the greatest privileges that I had was finding recovery in the same place that the, the enemy tried to kill me, right? And 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 so I know Ooh, the land, on. this land. And, and so those people that are walking in, I am perfectly made to have this conversation Yay. with you because I know where you're going when you get on the bus and you go home. I understand the challenges and I also understand the solution. The solution is God, may you find him now, right? We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision, and together we are stronger. 
I know yes. when you also you guys have the thing called STEMP. So what is that? So STEMP is, it stands for Standing Tall and Manifesting Purpose. That is our mentoring program. That's where we actually, um, I designed a, a curriculum to assign mentors and mentees to each other for six months. So okay. within the six months, while they're assigned to their mentor and their mentees, they are able to visit them, take them on trips. But then they also, I have six pillars, faith, self-confidence, trust, respect, integrity, and relationships. So what they do every month, what they do is they focus on those pillars. And then after they go through the six months of the program, that's when they graduate from the program. And then they're able to pursue a career or either um, become an entrepreneur. Okay, that, that is fire. So and also you have the on the job training as well. Yes. So of course, uh, outside of the stamp mentoring program, I have partners for those type of things because what we what we mess up at sometimes is that we specialize in certain things, but certain entities that we have that can be sourced out, we fail to do that because we try to do everything on our own. So what I have done is I I build up partnerships with other individuals who specialize in like in on the job training, right? So with the on the job training, I allow my youth to either they can job shadow, they can um, they do internships, you know. They're exposed to the different careers or backgrounds that they're actually like how you access. What did you want to be when you grow up? So a teacher. So, okay. So I connect them with a teacher. They get to spend time with that teacher, that cosmetologist, that barber, and they just get more exposure to it to see if that's something that they actually want to do. That, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, one of the things that I've had is some interesting experiences with mentorship programs, right? And, and because I am a staunch advocate for it, right? And I'm a busy person, but, get, you know, we take programs into the jails, we take programs into the schools, we take programs across the world, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I've had them reach out to me and say, Bill, man, we'd be interested in having you mentor people, blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, they even send us some applications, right? When I fill out them applications, and the jokers understand that I had seven armed robberies and about 30 or 40 thefts. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, you can't be a mentor. Good night. <laughs> Matter of fact, we don't even know if you can come back over here, right? And, and, Listen, I'll crack you up right out. <laughs> so don't hate me because you ain't me. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm that nightmare that people are going to become. Why don't you want them to know that? Why don't you want them to know? That when you pull your pants down like that, this is where you're going. This is what's happening, cousin. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm getting ready to try you, Bresto, right? Okay. And, and that thing, that thing that you say you want to be part of, you you're gonna have to die to do that. Because that thing is designed to die. Now, yeah. if you just really want to die, and a lot of us, because of all of those socioeconomic factors, we feel like life ain't all that valuable. I got a newsflash for you. It really is. It really is. <laughs> it, it really is. And, and that 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 baby that you have is destiny. That that's a king and a queen of destiny. And it's yeah. your responsibility. And you really want to do it, but you can't do it through the plexiglass. You can't do it through. You understand? And and you know, I have a lot of communication with people in jails, and I ask them what are the three most important things to you, and they all say my family, my children, my, you, you understand? And, yeah, and, and you're in prison and that's, a, that, that's, yeah, man, come on, dude, right? But anyway, so I want to ask you this. I know that you talk about a lot of events that you interact with. What are those events and, and what are some of the successes that you've had in partnership and events? 
Oh, man. Um, so we do an annual back to school bash. I know everybody in there, mama and daddy and auntie don't do back to school bashes. But hey, my back to school bashes be a little more personal because I actually give back things that these youth need. OK, so the, the normal book bag supplies. OK, we get that. But let's talk about these kids who need their hair done. Let's talk about these little boys who need their haircuts. Let's talk about personal hygiene items. Let's talk about some clothing. They may don't have undergarments, socks, you know, they may not have shoes, you know, that type of thing. So my annual back to school bashes are very impactful. I also do like a Halloween event. Like I know some people may for religious reasons, they don't celebrate Halloween, but that's in the here and there. But what about the kids who do celebrate it? Right. So I make sure that I do like a Halloween. We do like a trunk or treat or what have you. We have the families come out and they have a great time. And then I do something for Thanksgiving. So during Thanksgiving, I give out like lots of turkeys. For the past couple of years, I've been doing like turkey dinners for like um, my foster care kids because I do with foster care kids as well for their families and anybody that is a part of On Fire. Now, last year, let me tell you, it was when Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Christmas, we were able to serve over like 150 families with toys. And that really just that warmed my heart. Just seeing those people come in there with the tears in their eyes and the gratitude and just the thankfulness and just for us to be able to bless them with real toys. Y'all ever been to an event and they'd be like, oh, come and get your toys. And then you see the kids go out there with one piece of toy or you probably see them go out there with a baby doll. No, we was gifting our kids with bicycles. We were giving them, I mean, like the things that they would throw at race car tracks, the big old, like, <laughs> like they was like happy. They like, oh, fight, oh, yes. fight. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, because when I was a kid, I didn't have that. When I was okay. a kid, I didn't have, my mom didn't think of, of me enough to go out there and go and look for resources that would be able to give me the things that we were lacking. And so for me to be able to do that, man, that, that takes the icing on the cake. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, th this is the thing that's so incredible. You see, you have to come to one of Tanisha's events, right? Not because ready. guess what? I'm so ready. <laughs> Look, I heard her say something about Atlanta. Let me find out you're close by. You're not in Savannah. <laughs> I am not in Savannah. I am in ATL. Because the reality of it is, and, and when, when we put on an event, we want to saturate them jokers with so many prizes oh and, and so many gift cards and so many, uh, oh get some gas. Absolutely. Car, gas cards. You need yeah. some gas. Everybody yeah. needs some gas. People right. are in need. People, and that's the thing that gets me. I'm not knocking any other organizations, but my thing is this. What is your whole motive of doing this? What are your intentions? Are you doing this to receive clout? Are you doing this because this is your mission? This is your okay. purpose? Like, this is my purpose. I know what it yeah. feels like to not have any gas. I know what it feels like to be growing up in a house and we had no food, but I had a roach in my cereal and my milk. Okay. Like, come on, don't, like, come. You get what I'm saying? So, like, I understand what these youth and their parents that they go through. So, when they're coming out asking for help. You don't give them crumbs. You give them okay. a whole dinner, a whole platter laid out and be like, here, you need the resources. Here you go. We have it for you. Why not give it to you? Because that's why God okay. put it here anyway. Okay. Talk that talk. So I want to ask you this. One of the other things that we haven't touched on yet, and I was in the Navy and the shift within the boat. So we're boat. talking about being authors and entrepreneurs and all that kind of stuff. Take us to the boat. Take us to the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, take you to the water, right? So when I first started writing this book, I was 33 and I was on a cruise ship. 
And so I knew that my life started taking a turn. Remember, I went through all those things, domestic violence and losing my brother, all these things like that. And so people always point me like, you're such a great writer. I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know how to write, okay? They're like, yes, you do. And I'm like, no. But then this particular time I'm sitting in the cruise ship, this first time I've ever been on a cruise, I'm looking out the window and I'm on the water, you know, excelling on the water. And things just started downloading in me. I was like, whoa, this is different. So I just started writing. And that was 33. I'm 36 now. So three years later, here I am publishing a book that is literally about my life from a little girl up into, I say, yeah, like a little girl to I'm 28, 29, probably in my 30s. And I just talk about how I got started with my organization. I talk about the events in my life that has transpired, that has tried to knock me down, make me lose my mind. I just, I talk about family because I think where a lot of people, the reason that their gifts and their talents are not activated is because of the shame that they have and who they think that they're going to disappoint. So I got just put this boldness on the inside of me and was like, listen, the world needs to hear your voice. They need to hear your story. And so when I get feedback, like from my editor and my publisher, like I asked my publisher the other day, I was like, do you think my book is a good, a good book? She said, a good book. This is a great book. You know, because she said, she said, there's people out here, they write books for money, but there's also people out here that have a purpose behind it that want to impact lives. And she was like, your book is definitely going to change lives. She said, I published hundreds of books. She said, but your book is one of the ones that are going to change lives. And so I just tell my story. I tell my story, but I also educate, I inform, I inspire, I empower, and I encourage. And I just give hope to the hopeless. Like I just, the thing, I'm very transparent. And I think that's what people mess up at, the transparency. They don't want to tell the truth. And it's like, look, this is who I am. Either you're going to love me or you're going to hate me. Which one are you going to do? But long as God loves me, that's all that matters. That's what's up. That's what's up. So due to the fact, and like I told our listeners out there, today we have powerful women who are CEOs and, 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 and not CEOs just to get some bread, but you CEOs and bosses because they want to empower other people to be able to have the same gift, the same blessing, the same opportunity and greater because people who are forging destiny into communities that other people are afraid to even go. And, and that's like for us, we take them programs in the jail. We're, let's get let one year. And they love us up in that spot, man. Them people are like, Tunisia, man. But we were, we brought some, we brought a program to the jail over here across the road, right? And and they wanted us to do a six week re-entry curriculum, right? And, wow. and I told Tunisia, that's the same way we started over here. Yeah, okay. So we give them the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the first thing we told them, they said, well, we don't have the manpower to bring that thing in. And we said, well, guess what? We have to come in and do an icebreaker because they need to feel us. They don't yeah. need to just meet us online or on in the pages of That's the book. Right. They need to feel us. So we went in there, we did the icebreaker and, and then uh, we did the six weeks. And on the fifth week, we told the people, well, we just want to let everybody know that this is next week is going to be the last week. And so I guess if you guys want to, or if this works for you, or if this is something you really want, you need to advocate yeah. for yourselves. You need to tell those people over there. Yeah. Man, the next yeah. day I got a phone call from the lady who's in charge. It. She said, what did you do? 
I'm sorry, okay. what are you talking about? She said, man, this joke is a mutiny up in this. <laughs> and, and we've been going ever since. The, That's the so people good. They, it's much they needed. It all the time, right? Yeah. They love it, man. They coming in there 50 deep. I'm yeah. talking about what? That's so good. Man. But not only that, after, after they're getting out of there, they're showing up in the room for recovery yes. on the outside. So that's yes. what's going to work. Yes. That, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I got out of jail, I had it for Fairwood. <laughs> I had it for the crawl, not for oh, no recovery. Right. You know, so that's what's really happening. And, and speaking of that, I want to ask you, I know that you have some perks that I saw on your site uh, people can have lunch, brunch, VIPs, blah, blah, blah. I know them jokers like the, them dudes are leaving Germany right now. They're trying to get there. So how do people get to have lunch with the boss? How does that Listen, happen? So, I have, <laughs> so what I have done, I have put out there for people who just want my book, they just want to read it, they, they have an opportunity to do that. But if they want to buy my book with the signature, they can come and have brunch with me for free. Like, and so if they want to like actually come and engage in the, you know, festivities and things, then they can become a VIP person. But for any person that buys my book with a signature, they're able to come and enjoy brunch. It's going to be a whole celebration. This book is very special to me because I dedicated to my brother who was murdered. And so his birthday is May 19th. And so I'm going to do a release on his birthday. And then I'm going to do like a brunch party celebration for him. So that is so incredibly powerful. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking their initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision, and together we are You know, and, and so Tanisha, for all the people out there that may be new, they don't know you as well as I do, right? So tell the people out there, Tanisha, what is what is your why? Why are you here? Why is there Young Atlanta? Why is there all those, why are the logos everywhere? Why are we getting ready to wrap the van? Why, 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 why do I keep coming back Period. to work every day? <laughs> tell them, Tanisha. <laughs> I, I lived a life that, you know, I I wasn't proud of it at one point. You know, I, I walked the wrong road for uh, quite some time, you know, and and I did not, I guess wh wherever I was or, or the environment that I was around, the community I grew up in, I didn't know anything about recovery, right? And mm -hmm. so once I got that opportunity to be introduced to recovery. I went through a DUI court program, all of that. Once I got introduced to recovery, I attached myself to it like nothing else. You know, I wanted to change my life for my children. I wanted to change my life just, just to, you know, because I didn't, it was crazy to go back to what I, what I was walking in before. So, so I wanted to be able to, you know, show everybody else, everybody else that I knew who was living those same lives, having the same impacts, going in and out of jails, all those things, working at clubs, doing all this, you know, I wanted them to see that 
we can we can make it. We can do something different with our lives. We can live positive lives. We can have an impact on the world. We can live, we can leave a positive legacy, right? Yeah. Those things that other people, you know, I hadn't I hadn't seen. Nobody else had told me before, and so that's why I do it. That's why I continue to show up. You know, I volunteered, and I say this all the time. I volunteered for two and a half years before I started working in recovery <laughs> because I I was not going to actually, you know. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to go back to that no matter what, you know, so I wanted my recovery by any means necessary. And that's what I did. And I I just want to keep spreading that message of recovery. I want to continue to be a a symbol of hope for other people, for other young women, for other young men, for the youth coming behind us, because I know that their generation is, is the future, you know, so that's, that's the reason why I keep doing everything that I do today. You, you know, and I want to thank you ladies so much for sharing that experience, strength and hope. I know that there is this fallacy that is being perpetrated and passed around. And, and it's that you say, oh, you know, we know you know better. No, the hell I didn't. You understand? I didn't. Do you, do you think I thought this was possible? Right. Absolutely <laughs> not. I thought for me to do this, I had to bury a lot of them, right? I thought for me to have this type of bag, I thought I had to get it with a mask. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about before COVID mask, right? And I'm talking about everybody on the floor. Yeah, I'm talking about everybody on the floor. Don't look up, right? Because it's only down, right? And, and, and I didn't, I swear I didn't know this was possible. We have to show people that this thing, the facilitation of miracles is possible. And and, and if you can't believe big enough, don't hate me because you ain't me, right? Because recovery is on fire. We are lit. We are what? We're the evidence, right? And and let the evidence speak for itself. You understand? So (laughs) I say that to say this, ma'am, we are so grateful to have had you with us in yes, this introduction yes. and boy let me tell you this is just the beginning it is let's go Trust me, <laughs> this is just the beginning because we go. do we have champions of recovery we got champions of change we got so many different things platforms that we focus and showcase people and their talents and all that kind of stuff tanisha can't wait to get you on video and, and put that thing out there. i'm already telling you what's happening right and because when she sees this she's like oh yeah. So with that being said, what message do you have, Janae? What what message do you have for all the people that are going to hear the sound of your voice? The message that I have for everybody is to continue to see and dream what you want to become. You can't become what you want to be until you see it. As long as you start seeing it and you start saying it, then guess what? It's going to happen for you. You're going to manifest it. Your dreams are going to come true. And then after a while, you'll look back and you won't be allowing all of the baggage, all of the things that were trying to hold you back. Everybody that clipped your wings, none of that that stuff is going to matter anymore because then you'll start soaring. As I told y'all in the beginning, I was like a caterpillar crawling on my belly, did not understand when I would get my wings to fly as a butterfly. But now I've I've surpassed that. I'm not even a butterfly no more. I'm an eagle. I don't learn to soar above everything else. 
now it's just like, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for the things to come like, I'm going <laughs> through it. But just as I'm doing it, you guys can do it too. So don't ever stop believing in yourself. Whatever it is that you have in your mind, guess what? It can become a reality. That's right. And so with that being said, and that is the most powerful thing I've heard today. Tanisha, will you tell all the people out there in Radio Land where they can get this message? Before, before I do that, I want to give I want to give Janae an opportunity to share with all of our listeners how they can contact you, where they can find you, if it's your social medias, if it's a phone number for your agency, everything. Give them the, your contact information. Absolutely. You guys can find On Fire Agency Incorporated on Instagram at O-N-F-I-Y-A underscore M underscore I-N-C. You can also find On Fire on Facebook at On Fire Agency Inc. As far as Janie Adaya, because that's my name, that's the person who wrote the book, Janie Adaya, um, you can definitely find me on Facebook under Janie Adaya, Janae Harris. And then you can also find me on Instagram the same way. If you want to learn more information about my organization, you can go to www.onfireagency.org. Yeah, and that's how you find out about me. That's how you get to learn more about me, who I am, what I do. <laughs> that's how you joker. That's how you get some merch. That's how you yeah. get that VIP. Move the oh, ropes. Hey, listen, the click the links, y'all. Click the links. Look, I'm gonna let everybody know I love to celebrate. I'm gonna celebrate. Listen, I'm, I love to party and celebrate great things. So definitely. Oh, if y'all need to contact me, y'all can contact me at 770-568-8138. And that is my organization's number. So you can definitely call. Someone will be waiting for you, okay? Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And Tanisha, tell everybody how they can get this message. Yes, absolutely. As I always say, you know, my message to everyone, I want to encourage you all to create positive connections and how you can do that. Hopefully we'll be one of those positive connections. We want to encourage you all to stay connected with us by visiting rockdalesteppingup.com. And if you go to the bottom of that webpage, you will see a little tab that says stay connected. If you click on that tab, it will take you to a library of our newsletters. And in each one of those newsletters, you get a commissioner's corner, which is a, a video and a message from Dr. Doreen Williams. And also we do a champion of recovery, which is a person in recovery. And they are telling their story. They are sharing a message of hope. We do a video of that. And then we also select a champion of change. And a champion of change is somebody in our community or in the community who is just creating positive change in the world around them. We also have different resources, events, activities, all different types of things for people um, in recovery and our partners. We also encourage everyone to follow Grit and Grace on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter, and we are working on a TikTok, so y'all stay tuned for that. Also, we want to encourage you all to tune in to Category ENT on the His Hop Network to hear more messages like these every Wednesday at 12 noon, and Thursdays we replay at 1 p.m. If you cannot listen or tune in at those times, we, we do have a podcast for your convenience where you can listen to it at any time. And we are on several different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back. <laughs> yes, 
Man, check this out. The German dudes are lit right now, boy. They're trying to get the Facebook links hooked up. Whoa, German dudes looking like this. That's right. Boy, I ain't mad at y'all, man. If this is what recovery looks like. And if you want it, just come and get it, man. Check this out. Be ready to put your work in, man. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.